Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of M&M Podcasts. I'm Michael Georgeski, joined by my co-host Matt Nicoletti. Matt, how are you going today? Very good, Michael. Uh, uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, before we start, I just wanted to give a shout. I went to. I just wanted to give a shout out to a team I saw on the weekend that uh, won their final. Uh, uh, Eddie's Sentiments beat. Uh, Tuggerong United over at Ipen Park in Coral 18's Div 2 final. Uh, really good to see good crowds as well at these um, mm. eight, at these 18's and 16's games. It was packed. You could barely get a park anywhere in the Brin, uh, in Corwell there. Heaps of games going on. I think it was mostly Div 1, 2, 3 between 18's and, six, 18's and 16's. Um, yeah. Uh, so it was good to see. Congrats to uh, Eddie's on that win. And um, yeah, and well done as well, I have to say, to the ref in that match, I think. Uh, because obviously finals are really hard. Young ref there, finals are really hard to um, to ref. But I thought he handled it exceptionally well and made very, very good calls. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see him refing uh, CPL, MPL, MPLW in the future. I thought he was really good, sure. So shout out to uh, whoever they that ref may be. Yeah. Um, but besides that, Michael, how are you going? Yeah, doing well, doing well. Sort of just to piggyback what off what you just sort of mentioned there. I think there were obviously some really good crowds at these sort of more recent uh, games over the course of the weekends for finals. I know that one of my little brothers went and watched one of his mates play and they were playing in the 18s Div 3 final. So that was between Majura and Queanbeyan and uh, that just gave me a little bit of a, a sense of that there were probably going to be quite a few people going out there to watch. So, I mean, when you just mentioned there that you were watching the 18s Div 2 final and talking about the crowds and whatnot, I think it would have been very, very similar. I think Queanbeyan uh, won that one, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, they did. So, yeah. Them. yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So no, uh very good to sort of see, you know, all the football that sort of took place over the weekend, get, getting some good crowd numbers. And then obviously, you know, it's good to hear a good refereeing story there as well, Matt. You know, some young talent coming through in the refereeing ranks. So, you know, hopefully we get to see more of that sort of I know that the season's coming to an end now, but sort of setting heading into next season, you know, sort of increasing those numbers and, you know, getting sort of referees more confident, more comfortable uh, in terms of, you know, officiating, you know, multiple age groups and multiple leagues, you know, not only just next season, but for years to come. So we'll see how that sort of develops over the next year or so, but congrats to all the teams that, you know, won some silverware over the weekend. Now, without further ado, Matt, uh, let's start with you. Some MPL action. We had the last, uh, obviously the last round across all three uh, competitions, which will uh, obviously break down throughout this episode. But let's kick things off uh, with some MPL action. Yeah, and probably the match with, there was two specific matches with huge stakes. And this probably had the biggest stakes of them all. It was O'Connor Knights 3, Belconnen United 1. I was there calling this one with Russ over at O'Connor and Close. I might add before that, um, fantastic work to everyone that sort of deals with the O'Connor pitch. Uh, obviously, at the start of the year, it wasn't in the, or midway through the year, it wasn't in the best conditions. Uh, clearly, uh, it's been well-maintained. Obviously, not a lot of football has been on it. The rain's helped as well. It has looked the best it has in a long time. So, well done to Olympic and, um, and O'Connor and all those people uh, that deal with that pitch there. Uh, to get a pitch consistently better throughout the season in Canberra is very, very hard. Oh. Usually it's done just at the end of the season during the off season. So well done to everyone there. Uh, but O'Connor opened the score in the 19th minute. A corner was whipped into the box. Paquetti Manda headed it back to Michael Adams, who struck an absolute terrific goal midair with a stupendous crack. Go watch this if you haven't seen it. First of Michael Adams' goals on the weekend. It has to be up there for... Uh, contenders for goal of the season. There's just been so many, but that is one of them. O'Connor struck again just minutes before the end of the first half when a skewed clearance from Zach Mabry fell to the path of Michael Adams, who squared it for Paquetti Manda, who struck a beautiful low shot just outside the box in the bottom corner. Heading into halftime, O'Connor had the momentum and Belko needed a jolt and to start the second stanza brimming as they needed at least three goals at this point 
to avoid relegation. They started the second half exactly as they needed it by scoring in the opening two minutes. Dustin Wells hit a low cross, hit a cross in the box, which was uh, well positioned for Luke Vallone, who p- positioned a header well into the far post. Belko had the momentum at this point, and they were beginning to uh, have more chances. You know, start taking more control of the match, and they were threatening uh, an equalizer, but. Um, uh, Phil Bourgeau was sent to the sin bin uh, and this was a period where O'Connor took control they slowly started to break up uh, Belko's momentum with the extra man advantage no goal scored in this 10 minute period but um, arguably this was a period where O'Connor started to assert their dominance again in the second half uh, o- O'Connor struck the final dagger in Belko's MPL survival hopes when Regan Walsh whipped in a cross from a free kick the ball deflected off John O'Turek into the path of Michael Adams, who scored his brace uh, to make it 3-1 in the 81st minute. Uh, this victory, along with Gungar- uh, along with Canberra Olympics' loss to Gungala, means that O'Connor have made the top four and the finals. They finished in fourth place with 24 points, one point above Canberra Olympic. Very impressive return to the top flight of Canberra football after 13 years away. Congratulations to O'Connor Knights. Uh, great achievement for them, like I said, just being promoted and to already make the finals. Well done to all the coaching staff and players and volunteers involved with that club. They will face Manara in the elimination semifinal next week. Uh, sorry, this weekend, sorry. And uh, unfortunately for Bolconnor, this means they have been relegated to CPL for next season. They finished in eighth place with 16 points, one point behind West Canberra Wanderers. This is probably not somewhere they would have seen themselves at the start of the season. Um, And last week's loss to Tigers was probably the uh, result that put them, uh, that was probably the most um, lethal for them in this stage. The week before they drew with Canberra Croatia 1-1, but the issue was that West Canberra got the victory over Monaro that, that weekend. West Canberra lost to um, Gungahlin last weekend, but Belko uh, losing the Tigers, that was the one that put them in a, in a in a tough position where they needed to beat an O'Connor side that also needed to win if they wanted to make the top four. So uh, there was a few results that were critical, but that was probably um, one of the big ones that put them in that position. Uh, commiserations to Belconnen. Uh, best of luck for next season. And um, obviously there'll still be a lot of questions about what will be happening there and how they'll be, uh, you know, organizing for next season. Uh, I'm sure they're just going to sort of take a break for now and reflect on what's going on. So um, uh, commiserations to them. And um, I guess a bit surprising that we won't be seeing uh, Belconnen, uh, such a big club in Canberra in the second division and McKellar Park as well. Uh, such a fame ground in Canberra uh, will be in the CPL. But uh, as Tuggeron proved... Uh, CPL is quite a challenging league, but uh, they, you know, put it all behind them and just push forward. So it'll be interesting to see if Bell Conan can do the same thing next season. Definitely. Michael, uh, do you have any thoughts on Bell Conan going down before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of a, I think just how everything's sort of played out, I think it's a little bit surprising just of a, a club of that stature going down is a a little bit of a shock, uh, I suppose, especially at the start of the season. I don't think there would have been that many people that would have tipped Bill Conan to be the club to go down to CPL next season, but that's how it played out. And I guess from that standpoint, like I said, it's just a little bit surprising because often when you talk about Canberra football clubs, Bill Conan United's normally, you know, right at the top in terms of the, you know, the popularity and how well-known they are around the Canberra community. So, I mean, to have a club of their stature, you know, go down to CPL will definitely be a shock and a surprise for them, not only the people associated with the club, but the fans as well. But like you said, Matt, and it was a good example, Tuggeron proved that you just got to put that obviously behind you and you got to push forward. I know that, you know, this is very early days and this is next season that we're talking about, but that's the sort of mindset that they're going to have to get themselves into 
uh, to try and gain promotion back up to where they feel that they belong. So it'll be certainly be interesting to see how they fare next season. It's obviously very unlucky. It was very tight this season in terms of the relegation battle between them and West Canberra in particular. And it was, you know, Belcon on this occasion that weren't able to survive this time around, but we'll wait and see what happens next season in the CPL uh, 2022, sorry, the 2023 season. So next up, we have the Monaro Panthers who were able to finish off their season, Matt, with a win 2-1 over Tigers FC. Goals from Neo and Carl. And for Tigers, it was Kofi Dunning getting on the score sheet for the away side. You know, Manara rounded off the regular season with a, you know, with a with a good win here against Tigers. You know, which will certainly give them some confidence heading into finals football match with Matt, which we'll uh, obviously get into a little bit later. You know, Monaro, You know, they, they had a lot more opportunities. Uh, I, I saw in front of goal, it, it, particularly in the first half, and I felt that when Adam New scored sort of four minutes there before the break, that it was sort of well-deserved on Monaro's, you know, from their point of view because of the sort of opportunities that they were able to create themselves in that first half. And it was a great pass from Ben Bassasilk, you know, to sort of cut the defence open and find Neo sort of running onto the ball there and tucking it into the far corner to give Monaro the advantage there. And then, you know, eight minutes after the restart, Matt, they made it 2-0 due to their main man, Andre Carl, you know, who who Russ mentioned on commentary was going through a little bit of a goal drought. And, you know, despite, you know, being maybe a little bit fortunate that his strike, you know, from outside the box ended up in the back of the net. Sometimes you don't really care how it, how it ends up in the back of the net. The main thing is, is that it gets there and he was able to score, sort of get that monkeys off his back a little bit heading into such a crucial you know, next part of the season with finals football looming just around the corner. You know, Tigers, they did manage to, you know, claw a goal back, you know, straight away pretty much off the, you know, off the kickoff. Well, not sort of like off the kickoff where they played it and went straight forward. They sort of played it back and then worked themselves around the pitch and then made their way forward into the final third. And that sort of saw, you know, Josh Golevsky get the ball sort of on that left channel there, cut in, Cut the ball across to Kofi Danning, who, you know, produced a good finish there to make it 2-1. But Manara were able to sort of hold on from that point to get the three points. And the result means that they obviously stay third in the table, which they quite comfortably did, like we've sort of mentioned over the last few weeks, that that's where they were going to end up. And Tigers headed into this round being in sixth position. And in, due to this loss, they still stay in sixth position. They weren't you know, that close to the relegation battle a few weeks ago, we were, you know, floating around that idea that, you know, when things weren't looking great for them, that they could be part of that conversation as well. But they did manage, they did manage to avoid it in the end. So I think they'll be expecting a big bounce back next season. Tigers, a little bit of a disappointing season from their standpoint, not even being able to secure finals football. So you can be sure that they'll be raring to go for the 2023 season you know they'll just be happy to sort of see the end of this season Matt like I mentioned you know pick themselves up and you know get themselves ready for for next season because I think there'll be a lot sort of expected of them in terms of a bounce back in 2023 Matt who do we have next up next up we have Gungahlin United 2-1 victory over Canberra Olympic uh, this was the this was the other match that had um, implications on it in terms of the final standings of the season and um, potential finals for Olympic and O'Connor. Gungalan opened the score in the 69th minute after Miskonal Mosky struck an absolute pearl of a free kick at the near post. Now Mosky can add this to his uh, other free kick he scored a couple of weeks ago um, that Russ and I called that match. I think it was against O'Connor Knights, I believe. Uh, Gungalan doubled their lead to 2 0 14 minutes later. Now, Moski either struck a low shot or a low cross. They hit the far post. The deflection went to Bernabeu Madrid, who squared it for Leon Mikkel for the goal. Olympic had an immediate response uh, to going down uh, again by halving the def- deficit. One minute later, Luca Flores connected ahead neatly in the bottom corner. 
for his seventh goal of the season. Olympic had some other late chances, but were not able to gain that equaliser. Gungarland, regardless of this result, were still going to remain in second place. Uh, and uh, I guess they were purely playing for mom uh, good momentum heading into the finals, uh, which they did get because uh, they got that win. Gungarland finished, like I said, in second place with 40 po points overall. Marcel Munoz aside will take on Canberra Croatia this weekend in the in the qualification semi-final. So the winner of that will go to the final. The loser will get another chance um, at the winner of 3v4. And Olympic were very, very close to finals. If they were able to score an equaliser at the end of this game, if my math isn't mistaken, they would have been in the finals uh, because if they had a draw, it would have put their goal difference up by one and they would have had one better goal difference than the O'Connor Knights and they would have had the same points. So very, very, very fine margins for Olympic missing out on finals. So, um, yeah, so uh, unlucky for Olympic in that regard. They had a really strong end to the season, didn't they? Uh, but there's lots of promise there for next season. It was always going to be a tough fight between those two, between O'Connor Knights and Olympic. Both sides had very, very good parts to the season for themselves. Um, yeah, and in this stage, uh, congrats to O'Connor and commiserations to Olympic in that regard. So overall, Olympic finished the season in fifth place with 26 points, one point off O'Connor Knights, who had 27 in fourth place. Michael, what do we have last? Yeah, so our last matchup for the last round of the MPL competition was Canberra Croatia scoring five goals, Matt, to no reply. West over West Canberra. It was 5-0 to Canberra Croatia in this one. Barak, Dominici with a double, Tanoski and Taneski on the score sheet. There for the hosts against West Canberra Wanderers. It was a five-star performance that we're sort of used to seeing from the best side in the competition this season, Matt. So you could sense that Canberra Croatia were in the mood early, you know, when they scored in the ninth minute through Barach in this game, Matt. But West Canberra, they made a good account of themselves to keep fighting, especially because of what was at stake, you know, for them heading into this last round of the competition where, you know, they would have had to possibly rely on the result of Belconnen United up against O'Connor Knights. So they obviously were playing with a lot of intensity and a lot of heart to sort of keep their... MPL futures alive because when you're playing in a game like that, you're just never really sort of certain when you're out on the pitch of what's going to happen. And from that moment onwards, uh, going into the second half where Canberra Croatia had the one nil advantage, they eventually, you know, pierced their way through the West Canberra uh, back line again, just before the hour mark through Dominici after he managed to pick out the top corner. You couldn't really tell if it was a, one of those sort of cross, crosses that ends up in the back of the net or if it, or if he indeed intentionally meant to sort of curl the ball into the far corner. Nevertheless, it went into the back of the net and Canberra Croatia were able to double their lead in this game. He grabbed his second goal of the game nearly 20 minutes later. It was just a nice sort of finish into the far corner. He took a touch inside the box, opened up his body and sort of just put it into the far corner. Tanoski and Taneski, you know, they rounded off a good day's work for the hosts, you know, by adding a fourth and fifth in the 85th minute and 88th minute, respectively. So sort of two goals there in the space of three minutes near the end of the game, you know, to cement Canberra Croatia's 14th win from 21 matches this season, which I think just sort of highlights just how good they've been this season. And we've talked about it numerous times on the podcast, Matt, just how good and consistent that they've been all season long. They've played at such a high level. And in this game, it was really no different. They were just at their best and, you know, they'll be hungry to, you know, obviously pick up that grand final trophy as well. So you can expect them to just keep riding this momentum until the season is completely finished. So we'll just have to wait and see. But some absolutely cracking games uh, coming up, aren't there, Matt? There certainly are, and when I mention these games now, I'm pro I'm not. I'm just going to say to be confirmed because there are times there, but from a few people I've talked to, it might be changed. So it's just considering this is Monday, and there's another. Well, when we record Monday, there's a few, you know, 
days to go before this. I can, it's probably near guaranteed one of these is going to end up changing. So for, um, all, we, all we're going to say is it's this weekend and to be confirmed <laughs> in terms yeah. of the matches. But the fixtures we do have are Monaro Panthers against O'Connor Knights. The elimination final, Whoever lo- it's pretty simple. Whoever loses um, gets kicked out and whoever wins versus the team that lost uh, the 1v2 round, this is huge. Um, Monaro's first uh, finals appearance for a while, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I could be wrong. That's right. There was no finals last year, but they did make the top four. And then yeah. O'Connor Knights, obviously their first season back in MPL and they are in the finals. So... Uh, this is huge for both teams. They haven't been in um, the final series for MPL for a while. So big for both. And then the next one is Canberra Croatia against Gungahlin United. Um, lo- always a lot of tension between these two teams. They don't particularly like each other. And uh, there's obviously a lot of history here. Uh, this was this is a repeat of the 2020 final, uh, which was the first final we ever covered uh, in terms of MPL. Croatia versus Gungahlin. Uh Time and day to be confirmed, of course. Um, winner of this goes through to the final. Loser plays the winner of 3v4. So this is the caveat. If you finish first and second, if you lose, you get another shot. That's why teams, you know, try and fight to finish as high as they can. Uh, that's why this system works, I think, for finals. We have NPLW, Belcon United, huge 6-0 victory against West Canberra Wanderers. Um, this match was a match of braces for Belcon United with three of their players bagging a brace. Captain Talia Backhouse, led by example, scoring the first two goals in the opening 11 minutes. Both goals had some great, great team play, quick passing and uh, pressing as well to get these goals through. Um, there's some really nice balls in behind and through the defense that Backhouse got the end of and she was one-on-one both times with the keeper slotting it past Olivia Bonford's two goals came in the 14th and 59 minute marks uh, the pick of the bunch for me was the first one where Kira Bobbin put a very neat ball over the top with the outside of her boot uh, that Bonford was able to get on the end of and finish it and the second goal was also a great weave-in run from Bonford in and out of defenders before finishing it. Ewan scored her brace with goals in the 54th and 60th minute, 60th minutes, uh, where the first was a good positioning to capitalize on a keeper save. Um, and the second was a great breakaway from uh, that where they broke, where she broke away from the Wanderers defense, used a pace and power to work her way into an open position, one-on-one for keeper and put it past the keeper. Uh, the Wanderers, like I said, were suffocated by the high press early on by Belco in this one. Uh, they did settle into the game better later on, but the damage was already done in the opening half. Despite the loss, West Canberra do secure fourth place due to Gungarland's loss to Canberra Croatia. So the Wanderers finished with 30 points, three points above Gungarland. Uh, congratulations to the Wanderers as they have made the finals. This is their first finals appearance since the rebranding of MPLW to MPLW as we know it now. Um, they will face a familiar task next week as they play Belco again in the elimination final. So similar to like we said for the men's, winner goes through to the next semifinal and the loser is out. So Wanderers and Ray Castro, I'm sure, will be working on uh, to sort of combat the high press and quick play of Belco next week. Belco rolled into... The finals in style with this emphatic emphatic display. Scott Conlon's side finished the season in third place, 46 points. And Michael, only three points off second place Canberra Olympics. So they had a really, really strong end to this season. As mentioned before, they will face Wanderers next week in the elimination finals. So all to play for next week, of course, there. Michael, who do we have next up? Yeah, next up is a game that you briefly mentioned just prior, Matt. It was Gungahlin United up against Canberra Croatia, but it was the visitors that were too good on this occasion, obviously ending any hopes for Gungahlin United to make the finals for this season. 5-1 to Canberra Croatia. It was Berkeley, Barat, Bensom, Bernie and Seton getting on the score sheet for the visitors and Waters getting on the on the scorecard for Gungahlin United in this one. 
you know, Canberra Croatia, they rounded off, you know, a, a great regular MPLW season with a convincing display, you know, Matt, against the resurgent Gungahlin United that we've sort of come to watch over the past, you know, sort of month or so. They've sort of really picked things up uh, after a difficult start to the season. You know, all of Canberra Croatia's goals in this match, Matt, they were pretty well worked, you know, but the fifth goal was an absolute screamer from Bernie. I mean, finding the, you know, top corner of the goal with a left-footed strike, just finding its way into the top corner of the goal. It was a phenomenal strike in that instance. I mean, you wouldn't find many keepers that, you know, could get a hand on that one. Uh, In this case, you know, they did, uh, talking about Gungahlin United here, they did manage to, you know, get themselves back in the match with Waters scoring in the 88th minute. Obviously, it only proved to be, you know, a, a consolation as, you know, Canberra Croatia now bearing this, you know, this result, what we already knew that finished top of the table in this uh, this season in which they've proved to be, you know, an absolute wrecking ball. They've been the best side in the competition as they head into finals football. And, you know, despite Gungahlin, like I said, making drastic improvements under new coach Andrew Woodham, you know, they just missed out on the finals positions. And, you know, maybe if that, appointment had been made, you know, sooner if Gungahlin United had found that sell themselves in that situation where they needed a new coach sooner and Andrew had a bit more time. Who knows? He may have been able to creep Gungahlin United into the top four ahead of maybe a West Canberra Wanderers in, in this instance. So they'll be more than motivated to come back next season, Matt, and get themselves back in the top four because we know that that's when Gungahlin normally find themselves and this season they had to deal with a lot of different things, you know, just like every team does with injuries and players being away on other commitments and whatnot. So they'll be raring to go come next season, but for Canberra Croatia, you know, they're into the finals and they'll be looking to add another trophy to their trophy cabinet. Who have we got next up, Matt? Next up, we have Canberra Olympic three 0 victory over Canberra United Academy Olympic scored Opened the scoring in the 18th minute as Ashley Sykes stormed into the box before squaring it to Olivia Fogarty to score the first goal. The home side doubled their lead as Gurney dribbled across her marker and unleashed unleashed an absolute bullet of a shot into the top right corner seven minutes later. Uh, Vanessa Ryan struck a great cross into the box and Olivia Fogarty hit it first time Um uh, in the uh, in midair for her brace to make it three nil and seal the game for Canberra Olympic in that first half. Uh, Canberra United Academy ended the season in sixth place with eighteen points. Uh, and considering it's an academy side, I'm sure this isn't the end of the actual year for them. I'm sure they'll be playing other teams from uh, Sydney and and whatnot. Just uh, but. Um, so I'm sure this isn't the end for them, but they will not be in finals. Uh, we'll see you a uh, Canberra Olympic found out on Monday that they would, they, that they could not win the league title on the final day of the season due to Canberra Croatia's victory over West Canberra Wanderers. Canberra Olympic finished in second place with 49 points, five points behind Canberra Croatia. Olympic will face their rivals Canberra Croatia this weekend in the qualification semi-final at Deakin Stadium and we all know what close games those have been so that should be an absolute cracker and um, to be confirmed most likely be Deakin Stadium but it can always change uh, since we do have a solid five or so days uh, before that will happen. Michael who is last up a good result here for Wagga. Yeah very good result for Wagga it was a 1-1 draw on their travels against Tuggeranong United in this match, Matt, it was Hall that scored for Tuggeranong and Cochrane that scored for Wagga City Wanderers. You know, a share of the spoils between these two sides that, you know, they've had to endure many obstacles throughout the season, Matt. So sort of a fitting way for two, you could say, struggling outfits to, you know, end their season on a positive to get a point in a tightly contested match, you know, Tuggeranong will be, you know, disappointed that they weren't able to actually hold out until the final whistle as they conceded an 
in the 90th minute, which prevented them from getting three points to end their season on a high. It was a clinical penalty from Hall in the first half in the 22nd minute, which gave Chagunong the advantage. And, you know, they were obviously from that goal in very high spirits to, you know, end their season on a high, end their season with a victory. And I think from that sort of moment onwards, you could see that both sides certainly had their opportunities throughout the game. But it was a great volley from Cochrane right at the death that gave, you know, Wagga a point to take back to Wagga and finish off their season somewhat on a high. Like I said at the top, Matt, two sides that, you know, obviously weren't tipped to do, you know, amazing things in the, in the competition in terms of, you know, competing for a title. And they definitely had to endure a lot of different things. But there was also a lot of perseverance that both sides displayed, I thought, throughout the year, which always puts a smile on the face of those that, you know, follow this league closely and to know what these two teams have been through for them to sort of, you know, come out week after week and put on, you know, a performance like that is something that won't go unrecognized. So good on Tuggeranong United and Wagga City Wanderers for, you know, keeping at it all season long. And now they'll get a well-deserved rest before, you know, going at it again uh, in the 2023 season. Matt, Give us a rundown of the MPLW semi-final fixtures. There's going to be absolute fireworks across these two matches, aren't there? Certainly should be. First up, elimination final, Belcon United, West Canberra Wanderers time day and venue to be confirmed. Uh, for this weekend, both teams played each other, so it's going to be interesting to see how that match backs up since they play each other literally uh, this weekend. This cut, So this past weekend. And last up, the qualification final between Canberra Croatia and Canberra Olympic. 1v2. Uh, The loser of this one does get another chance and the winner goes straight to the final. So a lot to play for here. And these matches have been absolute crackers and very, very close matches. There hasn't been a lot separating these two whenever they've played each other so far in the league this season. So both matches are definitely ones to look out for on NPL TV. CPL action is next on our agenda, Matt. The last round of CPL football will kick things off in Yulgali. It was them up against Queanbeyan City. It was Queanbeyan City who came away with a 2-1 victory in this match. Delahi and Sellers getting on the score sheet for the visitors and Priest scoring for Yulgali in this encounter. You know, Queanbeyan, they got off to a great start in this one, Matt, in their trip away to Griffith. You know, two goals in the opening 10 minutes of this game really set them you know, on their way and set a great pace for them to obviously go on and get the three points. But, you know, Delahi scored, you know, three minutes into the encounter and then Sellers scored just five minutes later in the eighth minute. So already after eight minutes, it was 2-0 to Queanbeyan and you could already tell that they were in the mood at that point, which they've been able to display in patches here and there. We know that they're not short on quality in front of goal. They're always capable of sort of grabbing a, a few quick fire goals. And that's exactly what they did in this matchup. You know, Yulgali, you know, as is their sort of spirit, you know, they weren't going to give up without a fight, Matt. We, we know this already about Yulgali. You know, they fought back, you know, to half the deficit to 2-1 after just 17 minutes. So, I mean, the the faithful, you know, watching on in this game would have been, you know, pretty spoiled to have three goals, you know, in 17 minutes. And, you know, Priest, he found the back of the net and that half the deficit to 2-1. And, you know, no no one was able to obviously find the back of the net for the rest of the game, which I really think indicates that both teams became a lot more sort of solid in defense and their shape improved as, as the game went on. Because, you know, at the start of the match, you know, the game can be, you know, teams are just sort of just figuring each other out at that point and, no one's really settled. So I think that's why we saw sort of three goals in the opening 17 minutes and then we didn't see anything, you know, after that point. And, you know, Yulgali, uh, due to this result, Matt, you know, they finished the season in seventh with 18 points. Not an amazing season, but they're another team that sort of had to go through a fair bit over the course of the season. So well done to them for, you know, their public support, you know, as well. And others on Facebook for Griffith MPL junior teams that made 
you know, finals, which, you know, were excluded uh, from them. You know, Capital Football reversed the decision and the teams were able to play. So, I mean, that's just a massive round of applause there and great for, you know, ACT regional football, Matt, absolutely. And this victory means for Queanbeyan that, you know, they secured second spot with 42 points, you know, one point above ANU, you know, they've earned a spot in the qualification semifinal against Tuggeranong next week. ANU finished third with 41 points and they were just one point off, you know, the second placed Queanbeyan. So it just goes to show how tight that top four race was, particularly between Queanbeyan and ANU that sort of last, you know, Three to four games, you especially because of the form A and U were in. Matt, they they finished the season really really strong, so a very tight race in the top four there. But Queanbeyan managed to cement second spot, and it sets them up with a very very good game against Tuggeranong United this weekend. Uh, what do we have next up? Next up, we have the Brindabella Blues against Wagga City Wanderers. Brindabella Blues winning one nil. A lot on the line in this one. Curtis Schaefer broke the deadlock and scored the only goal of the match in the 70th minute to give the Brindies a 1-0 victory. This was Schaefer's third goal in three consecutive matches and has scored five out of the Brindies' last six goals. Uh, credit to Russ, of course, for that stat. Heading into this one, it must it was a must-win for either side if they were to make the finals and they needed... Um, and they also needed uh, White Eagles to lose or draw if one of them won, as they were all tied on 28 points. Wagga ended the season in sixth place with 28 points, three points off the top four. The Brindies, on the other hand, secured a finals berth with this victory, and the White Eagles lost to Tuggeranong United. Uh the Brindies ended the season with 31 points in fourth place, three points above White Eagles and Wagga City Wanderers. Uh, Ray Junaside will face ANU in the elimination semifinal this weekend. Uh, congratulations to the Brindies. Quite the achievement uh, for, a, for a relatively young side in this competition. And yeah, well done to Ray Junior and his side and everyone over the Brindies there. Uh yeah, it's it's a, it was a relatively uh, different team to last season, and uh, quite a young team as well. And they've we've seen the improvement over the season. They they really have been bat- battling for that top four this year. So well done to them on the achievement, and commiserations to Wagga and White Eagles who were not able to make the final four. So it was right to the wire, which as a new which as neutrals is we want to is what we want to see. Obviously for the coaches there, it's a Hard in hand moment, but for the neutral, it's great to see that we had three teams competing for that final spot and all tied on um, on points uh, before the end of the but before you know the last round of the season. Michael, who do we have next up? Next up, we have Western Malongolo up against ANU. It was the away team that came away with a three-one victory. It was Spears and Deans with the double on the score sheet for ANU and Lamichin on the score sheet for Western Malongolo. You know, Western, they actually started off this game quite strong, Matt, and that's what gave them that 1-0 lead in the 21st minute, courtesy of Lamichin. You know, a very good start. And, you know, they also took that lead into the break. So I think that goes to show sort of the confidence that they were playing with and, the fact that it was the last game of the season, so they were telling themselves, you know, come on, like this is our last game of the season. It's against quality opposition that are going to be playing in finals football. Let's make a good account of ourselves and say that we left absolutely everything out there uh, as the season comes to a close. It's our last, you know, match of football for the year. But, you know, ANU came out a better team in the second half, Matt. You know, they made up the no goals in the first interval with three unanswered goals in the second, you know, Spears, you know, brought his side even seven minutes into the second stanza with his sixth goal of the season. And then Chase Deans continued his great goal scoring form as he bagged a brace in the 61st minute. And then 25 minutes later in the 86th minute. And this, these goals mean 
that Dean completes the season with 16 goals to his name. So that just goes to show you how prolific he has been throughout the entire season. On the other side of that, Western, you know, they finished the season in eighth place with just four points. As mentioned before, you know, the, they finished the season a lot better than in terms of how they started the season and their performances gradually got better as well as the season went on. So, I mean, there are definitely positives for them to build on heading into the future, Matt. And as for ANU, you know, they, they knew the result of Queanbeyan versus Yulgali heading into this game. You know, Queanbeyan's victory meant that ANU, they couldn't make second place and a spot in the qualification semi-final. So despite their, you know, great and end of uh, season form, you know, Talal Safir's uh, side, you know, they'll need to settle for third place in this instant and an elimination semi-final against Brindabella Blues this weekend, which will be an absolute cracker. And those fixtures are something we'll get into shortly, but we do have one more game left, don't we, Matt? We do. Next up is Tuggerong United against Canberra White Eagles. 2-0 win for Tuggies. Uh, unlike... Tuggerong have seemed to do in a decent amount of matches. Uh, they Their first goal came relatively late on through Lewis Kaminsky scoring the 86th minute. And Sam Walker capped off his final league game of the season with 20 goals this season to make it 2-0. Walker's goal has ensured that he has won the CPL Golden Boot this season for top scorer. So congratulations to him. Uh, great achievement there. Tuggies finished the season with 50 points. And of course, in first place. And as we have talked about before, have game promotion back to the NPL. White Eagles, on the other hand, um, this loss means they have missed out on the finals for this season. White Eagles have finished in fifth place with 28 points, three points off the top four. Eagles assistant coach, um, I also want to point out, White Eagles assistant coach Paul Townsley has announced he'll be moving to Queensland. Um which means that uh, this is the end of his long uh, coaching tenure in a variety of codes in Canberra as well. And most recently, he's coached 23s, uh, MPL men's teams, uh, women's MPL with um, Monaro as well. And of course, um, 23s with White Eagles and uh, assistant coach with White Eagles as well. Uh, I just want to say best of luck to Paul, a friend of the show, of course. He's been on the pod numerous amount of times as a panelist, and I've interviewed him obviously a number of times also. So thanks for everything, Paul, uh, and thanks for coming on uh, whenever we asked you, even if some of them were pretty last minute. So um, thank uh, thank you very much. And I think uh, I saw somewhere on Facebook that um, midweek, uh, the last goal of Paul's coaching in Canberra was actually scored by Ben, his son, <laughs> uh, <laughs> midweek for White Eagles. I'm assuming that would have been for 23s. I'm sure Ben will correct me if I'm wrong there, but uh, that's a nice piece of... Um, information to end that one so michael what are our what are our fixtures semi-final fixtures for this weekend yeah some crackers matt like we've discussed throughout the three different competitions i mean this weekend's going to be high intensity and it doesn't stop here with cpl we've got anu up against brindabella blues like you mentioned in that elimination final so the time day and venue to be confirmed for this weekend so details will i'm sure come out very shortly sort of following the release of this podcast and then we've got the qualification final which is tuggeranong united versus queanbeyan city like the first match time day and venue to be confirmed for this weekend but some absolutely cracking games on display this weekend across you know CPL MPL and MPLW. I mean, it's a good weekend to get out and watch, you know, some finals football here in Canberra. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of people trying to make, you know, whatever game they can. And it's going to be a great weekend. I mean, there's going to be some great football being played. And I, I can't wait to sort of break it all down, Matt. I can't wait to see what we're talking about the next time we're on the show. Yeah, 100%. Uh 
massive matches this weekend. Uh, like I said, stay tuned to the Capital Football, NPL Capital Football Facebook page. Uh, if the times do change to what is on uh, Dribble right now, they will be up there. Um, and yeah, try and get out some of these matches. If not, NPL TV will be there. For NPL 2, obviously, it won't be on NPL TV. Sorry, CPL, it won't be on NPL TV. So try and get out to those if you can. I'm sure some of the match times will be um, uh, good for viewing and uh, trying to go to the matches also. So heaps of matches there. Try and catch it. And if there's any junior CPL or NPL going on uh, around you, uh, those matches have also been good as well. Like I said, I was at 18s um, Div 2 on the weekend. That was uh, awesome to see the atmosphere and the, uh, the crowds there. So heaps of local football on for you. Uh, enjoy what you can. Michael, any last words before we head? Not much more other than, you know, the football this weekend is going to be great. And, I, you know, I can't wait to break it all down with you next week. It'll be it'll be great to do so. There'll be a lot going on. And I hope there's some cracking goals in the midst as well, you know, just to sort of bring it all together along with all the, you know, I'm sure the, the drama and, and the intensity that will be filled with, with these games. I mean, there's a lot on the line these teams particularly the you know when we talk about the elimination finals we're talking about a you win or you go home scenario so particularly those games are going to have a lot of intensity attached to it so can't wait to break it down it should definitely be a cracker of a weekend and hopefully it's good weather as well to accompany that everybody thanks for listening as always that was episode 67 of the canberra football show we'll see you next week Hello, everybody. Welcome to an extra segment of the show. Chris Webb joins us. Webby, thanks for joining us uh, to discuss your thoughts on how the MPL2 ladder finished and, oh, sorry, CPL. I've actually said CPL all season. For some reason now I'm saying it's MPL2, even though I've gone the whole season with saying CPL. Uh, the CPL ladder and the State League final, uh, State League one men's final also. Webby, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, really good. Look, thanks for accommodating me um yeah my prima donna uh requests getting in the way of just being part of the show normally but mate look it's it's good to be on and thanks for taking the extra effort that's all good uh always a pleasure let's start with uh cpl since i'll add this to that part of the recording um what did you think of the final four let's start with the brindies pipping White Eagles and Wagga. Obviously, Brindies are the big 1-0 victory uh, against Wagga and then Wagga losing to Tuggeranong, which meant that the Brindies ended up winning. Uh, it was huge for the Brindies that White Eagles didn't get it because uh, they didn't get a win because White Eagles triumphed both of them on goal difference, which would have um, faltered uh, uh, Brindies if White Eagles won. Yeah, look... Um... I think if you go back to our uh, pre-season preview of the, the leagues, we talked about Brindy and I said, look, it would not yeah. be a surprise to see them in a top four. But in saying that, come probably 10 weeks into the season, if you'd asked me then, I probably would say it would have been a surprise to see them make the top four from there. Um, they probably didn't start as well as they could have, um, but they're kind of back into their season. Uh, it's probably... Uh, no coincidence, it also saw Curtis Schaefer find a lot of form and, and score a lot of goals in that back end of the season as well. But um, they've done really well to kind of turn it around and, and push, um, you know, and them and Wagga kind of got really quite high into the, both of them were toggling in that third spot. Um, and look, this is no offence to either of those teams in order to take anything away from what they achieved, but a lot of that, I think, is probably due to, to White Eagles just being way too inconsistent. You know, again, uh, there's an old cliche that the table never lies. I, I kind of think the table lies quite a lot. And one of the best indicators of strengths of teams is actually goal difference. I think it's a much strong, a much better indication. And you saw White Eagles' goal difference was so much higher. But for them not to finish in that top four really says a lot about what they did as a, as a team and probably how they underperformed. But if a team's going to give you a sniff, you need to step up and take it. And Brenda Bella really uh, did 
did a massive job on that. Wagga really looked like they were the team that were going to take it for a good while. Um, that loss to Western, that 5-0 loss to Western, I think was the, very much the turning point. And, and in the end, cost them, you know. They, they, they win that game. Um, they, they, would have, they would have made the top four. They would have already been in the top four with a round to go. But um, that probably just kind of set them back just a little and it gave Brindy a, a sniff to get in. And as I said, Brindy, Brindy have just been, they've been a pretty uh, a good little project and, and for people to study to go. They kind of came in four seasons ago, I think, with an extremely young team, you know, a handful of senior guys, but backed their players coming through from the 18s. Um, you know, they had this really, really good 18s team that Curtis Schaefer was was part of. Um, and they put a lot of faith in those guys and they probably struggled a little bit for the first two seasons, but now all of a sudden you tell that they they're more than competing with with these with the big boys. Um what they're going to find now is probably a struggle to keep some of these players. I think uh, some MPL1 teams will be sniffing around for a handful of those players. So it will be a test on Ray and and the culture that they've built to see what they can do next year. Because really, if they keep hold of them, um, another year under their belt, another kind of pre-season with Ray, they really should be kicking on. And uh, Queanbeyan pipping... ANU to second place. I guess that draw, I think, was it last week where ANU got the draws the week before? It seems like that draw that ANU got either last week or the week before ended up costing them that second place and the chance for the qualification semifinal. Um, what do you make of that of that race? Obviously, ANU coming up very good near the end of the season. Uh, but uh, And Quibian sort of slipping off a bit, but uh, in regards to them getting second place, they got their last couple of results spot on to Pip A&U. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly right. They Those two teams ebbed and flowed um, with massive inconsistencies for the quality that they have, but they were kind of opposing. So Queanbeyan started like a firecracker this season and A&U had a pretty mediocre start to the season and then Queanbeyan dipped off um, very much to the middle back end and A&U went on that seven-game winning streak where they beat everybody in a row, including Tuggeranong. But then ANU then slipped up against White Eagles, Eagles. you know, with, with uh, Dayan's fantastic free kick. You know, they were 2-0 up and thought that they had it in the bag and White Eagles fought back, um, which was really probably a, a bad result for both teams. It, it cost ANU that top two spot and it cost White Eagles a top four spot. You know, one of the teams just had to win that game. Um and then Queanbeyan, then that last little run has been on a great little last four or five, four-game run to, you know, it looked for a stage they had lost it. ANU were on this huge streak. It was clearly ANU's second spot. And then one little sniff and Queanbeyan would stayed on their coattails and then and jumped them right when they needed to. So um, pretty impressive. Again, we talked about these two teams. Um, ANU, again, I think... Really, it's tough because I think that they should be disappointed with with how they finished. You know, they were a point off um, promotion last year to a team that, you know, by and large stayed the same in NPL and made the top four in in NPL the next season. So ANU really should have been pushing hard for that. Um, promotion spot, but really never got themselves in the race with Tuggeranong. Um, you know, and they also, the disruption, um, you know, wasn't too much with the with the playing group. Again, we talk about losing Sam Carter's, it was just, it's enormous, um, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, what happens in the finals? ANU very much a finals team, but um, Queanbeyan, you know, they had a huge turnover of players, um, and and on paper, their their team compares. You know, it's it's well and truly off last year's team, but as we kind of said preseason, much better unison with the group that they had. Um, you know, Goran very much kind of got the players he knew would do the work for him and 
they, it's unsurprising that they uh, ended up so high. And let's quickly go over those two semifinals. Uh, we got the elimination final, Brindy's, uh, uh, just some quick thoughts, Brindy's against ANU and then the qualification final between Tuggeranong and Queanbeyan. Um, yeah, well, what are your thoughts on those? Um, yeah, look, I think they're going to be really cracking games. Um, look, if I was going to be a betting man, I think Tuggeranong are probably just in... They had a bit of a slip up as well, but they've um, shown some pretty good form the last two weeks. And, you know, I just think that they, we talked about it. I think that they're just that um, on a, just a little bit of a different level to the rest of the teams this season. And so uh, I think it would be like, obviously, Queenbee got a chance. They've beaten them already this season. But look, if I was going to put money on it, I'd put money on, on Tuggies pushing through in the other game. Um, like I said, while, while Brindy have done a great job to get there and Brindy have had a decent record against ANU, come finals time, ANU are just absolute specialists. Just go through the last kind of eight or nine years. And again, one of the things that ANU have is a lot of those players have played in these, for this team in the last eight or nine years. You know, Yarn and Chase and there's a good handful of them. You know, Ricey, they know how to win finals and they know how to win finals big. You know, they've, they, they've won some games 6-7-0 in finals the last few years. So um, I think, again, while they did have that little slip up to White Eagles um, and, and they got pushed really hard this week with Western, um, they have they are in pretty good form and I would... Look, I wouldn't be surprised if ANU can actually push all the way in, in this final series. There we go. Webby choosing ANU again. I'm sure you'll get another text uh, from a certain coach. Yeah, yeah. Talal's uh, put the kiss of death on his boys now. But, yeah. Um, uh, before we get into the State League, uh, uh, I'll just quickly get your thoughts on um, Bell Conan, uh, the newest CPL club for next season. Just got relegated after their loss to uh, the O'Connor Knights. So we'll talk a bit off air. And um, obviously you've been around the game for a while here in Canberra. And uh, Belko, a pretty big name to be going down to CPL next season. Uh, a massive, the biggest name that's been in this league um, probably. Well, yeah, debatable. Well, they probably are the biggest. You know, we've, we've had... Um, the fact Juventus never dropped down to this league, when Juventus kind of dropped out of the competition um, in 2006, they just dropped it. They just completely dropped away. If, if Juventus were in there, you'd say it's comparable to Bel Conan being in this competition. Tigers did drop into this competition, but uh, Bel Conan, while that's another huge club, Bel Conan has just a much more storied uh, history in football in Canberra. Now, this is a team that won the M. The, the Premier League in New South Wales in only 20 years ago. And now they're in the second division in Canberra. So it's that it's just enormous, absolutely enormous. Um, you know, they were essentially the ACT rep team um, to now be uh, in the next grade. It, it's going to be massive. It's a massive club in terms of, you know, I hate using that. It's like talking about Manchester United, but in terms of Canberra, they kind of are in that, in that league. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the player pool. You know, we saw it with Tuggeranong. They went down, but they did lose a few, but I'm quietly confident Mitch kind of kept the guys he wanted to keep. Um, and whether Michael Sikoski can do the same, whether Michael's even going to be there again, you know, I think that that was another thing. Like they, they got Mitch locked in straight away and Mitch was then so instrumental at keeping the guys in. So it's going to be interesting to see what Bill Connor do, whether they're able to keep Michael, then where then he's able to convince the players to play. It, it, it's going to be very interesting. The, the one thing I think is they've got such a strong 23s team. You know, they've, they've won first or second in 23s probably the last 15 straight seasons. So, um, you know, 
We always kind of talk about it. At the top level 23s team in NPL 1 would always be reasonably competitive in, in, in CPL. So, you know, if they can even hold on to that team plus a scattering of their first grade players, then they've got a pretty strong basis coming in. And if they can hold on to the majority of their first grade players, then they'll look very, very strong. So super interesting to see what happens. But obviously the Sharks will be out um, now that they've gone down with those quality players that they do have in their team. So, uh, yeah, let's just watch this space. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what happens there in that regard. And... State League One men's final, uh, Webby, what was the result? It was Western versus ANU, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, um, I, I got to go out there. It was, it was a very entertaining game. Um, Western definitely had the better of the first half. Um, Jason Farrell was probably the standout in the first half, pulling the strings in midfield. And um, ANU, unfortunately, lost their probably talisman striker Sam Smith you know a lot of people know Sam played first grade at Belconnen and, and Monero um, a fantastic player I almost say too good for State League One um, but he he hurt his knee quite bad and, and went off around about half time and I think that really hurt uh, ANU and surprisingly Western probably were less dominant in the second half still reasonably dominant um, and I, I think we're definitely the better team um, you know Brett Ford and, and Caleb Kalamrua were, were, were uh, very very strong Tom Crosley um, you know led led the kind of back line for ANU and um, you know kept them at bay ANU actually had quite a few chances kind of on the break um, they didn't have all too much possession but they did have a few chances on the break and Dave Brewer was fantastic for Western kind of at the centre-back role. And so was their goalkeeper, Josh Wade, who made um, a couple of handy saves in the second half. But um, Millort finished, extra time. Um, Western had a really, really good chance. Um, I think it was Caleb Kalamrua had a great strike, which um, ANU keeper made a great save. But again, uh, it ended up Neil Orr and straight into penalties. And... Uh, it was a it was a pretty exciting penalty shootout, but um, Western uh, amazingly hit all five of their penalties, and um, they probably had their goalkeeper Josh Wade. And as, as I said, Josh, you know, he used to be the first grade goalkeeper at uh, West Canberra, and he amazingly got to four of the five pens, got a hand onto them, um, and crucially was able to keep one of them out. Um, Tom Crosley was the only one who, from ANU, who snuck in a penalty without it being touched. But that single single save was enough because, um, as I said, Western um, expertly put all of them away. Uh, one to note was uh, a Jorginho-esque Adam Johnson did a little hop and a skip and then towed it into the side netting. But... Uh, Brett Ford stepped up for the last fifth penalty and dispatched it um, with great nonchalance and that was it, game over. So, look, I think uh, the team, the the most deserving team won, which doesn't always happen in a penalty shootout. But, um, look, uh, both so both teams share the silverware. Um, ANU, obviously, is the, the league champions um, and theoretically in line for promotion, which I guess they're not going to take with their their big brothers already up in the in the competition, but um, yeah. So both teams taking away the the silverware in that one. Yeah, and watch, and that's another watcher space, isn't it? In terms of promotion, because Western and ANU both finishing first and second. Um, Gangali Juventus finished third. Am I am I correct there? Yep. So uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see because um, I don't think it's confirmed. Like I'm pretty sure we can safely say if Gangali Juventus finished top, then I it would be. It wouldn't be confirmed yet, but it would be like yeah. certain that they'd be going up, right? Yeah, yeah. If 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 Juventus had won the league, um, I think it would be close to certain that Western would be out of uh, CPL and Juventus would be up. But now that first and second were taken by teams who already have CPL teams, I think it's all up in the air. Indeed. So, so... Again, this is another watch this space. 
space. <laughs> Another watch of spaces. Quite a few watch the spaces this yeah, year exactly. uh, in terms of uh, football in Canberra. Probably more than la- uh, probably more than last year, even though we had COVID. Uh, to end the season. Uh, anyway, Webby, thanks for joining me. Uh, we'll hope to have you back on uh, for just in time for finals time, I'm sure. And uh, any last words? Uh, no, look, uh, thanks again for having me. And if, if I don't get on again this year, thanks um, guys for doing such a great job. Um, I think this is probably your first full season. So yep. uh, congratulations season. <laughs> on that. Um, but yeah, look, uh, good luck for everyone in the finals. The, the First grade men, the first grade women, the CPL guys, um, should be some some cracking games. You know, especially some of those first and second women's matches. You know, those teams are pretty evenly matched up there. So, um, yeah, it'd be good. Looking forward to it.